Welcome to To The Point, where we tackle issues in the Christian life, understanding the root problem, and finding the solution in Christ Jesus. Right now, we are here in the building with Devon DeAndrade and Markendi Thermidor, our two guests for today. Say hello, guys. How you doing, my brother? Hello, everyone. This is uh, definitely a great joy to be here with every with everybody. Yeah, Mark Kendi is a student attending Watch the Hills College, and Dave Vaughn, he's also a student of theology. They're both theology students, and he's also a founder of Beyond the Veil's ministry. Check him out on Facebook at Beyond um, Beyond the Veil. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Okay, okay. And uh, today's topic is a very important topic. I titled it A Need for Bread. You know, we all like to eat every single day, and I think it's important that we just have... Um, food in our system but for a spiritual life we also need to eat too we have a need for this bread and we're going to find out what this bread is and why is it important to be eating eating this bread and so i just want to dive right on in so there's um let me see matt why 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 y'all think it's important to eat food man it's quite interesting that uh some people make no distinction between the word nourishing and the word eating. They're two different things. When you are uh, sending food in, your focus is not so much eating, Mm. but your focus is nourishment. When people get sick and they cannot get it through eating, the doctors feed people even through tubes. Mm. So the importance of uh, nourishment is to maintain life and vigor so we can continue to function. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and I I totally agree with what Dave Vaughn is just saying. And, you know, the thing that I think about when it comes to eating also is this. You know, we can eat, we need to eat to live, but also as well in the process of eating too, you know, we have the opportunity to be able to enjoy our eating and Mm -hmm. we'll make that into a spiritual connection later on. And man, I like that you both said that eating, nourishment, like life, you know, um, a lot of people, we all, we've all canvassed before. And I don't know if you meet a lot of Baptists or Pentecostals, a very, a lot of evangelical Christians. Um, they say I was born again on this date or I had a new life on such and such. And going back to what Devon said on nourishment and life to live, like we can apply that to the physical, but why is it important to apply it to the, to the spiritual? Like, uh, should we, what should we eat in the spiritual? Well, you know, what I think about it is what Jesus Christ himself said in Matthew chapter four, verse four, where he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every single word that proceeds out the, out of the mouth of God. And so eating in the spiritual sense is important because without it, we would die spiritually. And there's power, nourishing power in the word of God that can transform our lives. The same word that created the heavens and the earth is the same word that can recreate our lives in the image of Jesus Christ. Mm, you know, man, that's that's really powerful and important because we can we see that in the physical, like a lot of hungry, starving people who who need nourishment. They're, they're, um, mount, mount, malnourished, malnourished, and um, man, they're dying. But we can't like we kind of see that in the spiritual nowadays like a lot of christians are dying 
um you know there's a study that was done by uh joseph actually it was in the book um joseph kidder Kittinger, or he did I, I can't remember the book what it was called but uh it revealed that only 73 percent of active members pray on a daily basis 21 mm. percent do it only once a week about 37 percent read the bible on a consistent basis 43 percent reason or do it oh uh, once a week and when it comes to family worships 28 percent participate in it daily and 33 once a week and 39 percent never participate in family worship so you see like it's not even none of those statistics even reaches 75 percentile and the Christ, christianity as a whole worldwide is one of the top three religions but yet man only 73 percent pray and out of that 73 percent 21% pray once a week. Yo, Devon, you, you got something to say? Um, I believe we have lost a lot of the primitive godliness that our pioneers demonstrated both in their writing and also in their daily living. Um, for example, these are people that really took serious the message of Job in chapter 23, verse 12, which Job said, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his, of his lips, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So uh, apparently uh, Job is comparing the necessity of physical food with the necessity of spiritual food. So he is saying, I have esteemed one more than the other. You yeah. would think that uh, based on the society today, uh, food should be esteemed more than the word of God. But to Job, it was not so. It mm. was reversed. Job said, I have esteemed the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. He did not say food is not necessary. He did not say I'm not looking upon food as, as something important. But the word of God holds a place greater than that of physical food. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with what um, what Devon just mentioned. And I was, you know, thinking about the same verse as well in Job 23 verse 12, that food is necessary. Without food, we would die. But you know what's very interesting is this fact you know, right now we're living in a spiritual warfare. We have, you know, the devil and his angels fighting against us. And honestly, when a person is not studying their word, if they're not eating from the food of life, the word of God, then they don't really understand the fight that we're in. Mm. And honestly, if you just look at military history and times past, one of the ways that generals would seek to defeat the army is to cut them off from their food supply. Wow. We can see that in the Bible uh, with Babylon surrounding Jerusalem. And as soon as the foods, the water and the food started to fail, they were basically done with. And it's the same way as well when it comes to the spiritual life. You know, the devil, if he can keep us away from the word of God, then he has, you know, a much higher chance of winning the battle Amen. in our own personal spiritual life. Amen. Man. That's powerful. Man. That's powerful. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. That's powerful. Man, I'm going to piggyback on that. That's powerful. So here, um, we remember the story of Jonathan where Saul was trying to keep them away from honey. Yeah. And battle takes a lot of your energy. You use all the glucose that you have on your body mm. to fight because you're involved in so much muscles. 
and come into a point that you're so weak and you need replenishment of all those nourishment. Yeah. But Saul tried to keep the soldiers away from from um, from honey, and obviously we know honey is a good source of uh, to boost up your 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 glucose. Period. David now in Psalms 19, we know he compared honey to something. Do you mm. guys remember? Honey is compared in the book of Psalms chapter 19 to the word of God, to the law of God, to the commandments of God. Chapter 19, you can see it right there from verse 7 forward all the way to verse 10. It clearly demonstrates to me exactly how Jonathan, after a big battle, you know, was feeling faint and his eyes was not seeing as much as he needed to see because of lack of glucose. And uh, uh, the honey gave him a brighter vision. So... When we are partaking of spiritual battle, which everyone is involved in, we need the Word of God to keep that energy level up Mm. and our visions on point to see things the right way. Otherwise, we're going to end up making terrible decisions based on our own opinions and not on the Word of God. You know, that's on point with what both of y'all are saying because Markendi alluded to this everyday struggle, like this everyday lifestyle, this everyday uh, battle that we have um, as as a war, and that's what the Word of God says. You know, we wrestle not against f- flesh and blood. And Davon, you said that we need this energy, this mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. And Markendi said that the devil tries to cut off our enemy. You know, Satan is the adversary of our soul, our, man. He, our food supply, exactly, and he tries to cut off our food supply. Mm-hmm. But it's important that we spend time eating this food so and we understand that the food is the word of god so there's something definitely wrong in christianity today you know because looking at those numbers that i said looking at those numbers only 73 percent pray people pray and that's not we're not even talking about length we're not even talking about like what they're praying about because some people like you could pray repetitious prayers and that could be counted as the statistic but only 73%, not even the whole percent. Something's definitely wrong. So why why do you think it's important? I mean, we're talking about going faint and being destroyed in the spiritual battle. But like, really, why do you personally think it's important to spend time with God? What have you seen, man? Well, here is why it's so important. Um, what I spend time eating is what makes my body Literally, because those food turn into blood, blood feeds every fiber of my body and that uh, renewal of cell through all that process is what Mm -hmm. makes me who I am. My worldview are completely dependent on what I feed upon. And if I do not feed upon the word of God, most likely I'm allowing other opinions out there to form a worldview within me. Mm -hmm. And if my worldview is not formed uh, by the word of God, most likely when I have to make critical decision, it's going to be against the word of God. Therefore, it becomes critical for me to be close to the Word of God, not only memorizing it, but living out the principles. We see this in, uh, in uh, the story of the Israelites. As they're leaving Egypt, crossing the desert, God gave them what we have today as the book of Deuteronomy through Moses to encourage them, to strengthen them so they could stay close to God, understanding that God was close, that it was possible to have victory over any enemy. That would not only cheer them, but give them strength to make it through the desert into the promised land. And quite interesting, you see, in the life of Jesus, when he was in his desert experience, 
that he quoted from Deuteronomy. Thou shalt not live by bread alone is a Deuteronomy verse. Right. So, so we have Jesus using that very book, not only using it, but using it appropriately. So showing that the word is our only safeguard against temptation. He did not create his own reasoning against somebody that is spiritual. I'm talking about Satan mm -hmm. and knows more than any human being knows. Therefore, we have to meet the enemy with the sword of the word of God. Right. And if I do not have the sword and I find myself in battle, which is a daily thing, then I am going to lose. Therefore, it becomes crucial for everybody, every Christian to stay close to the word of God. That's our weapon. That's our weapon to be able to win this battle. Yeah, and I totally agree with everything that was just said by Davon. Um, to go back to your question, why do I personally feel it's necessary for me to study the Word of God? Well, you know, what I think about is this. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that we are saved by grace through faith. And so how do we gain that faith? Well, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 tells us that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so the word of God is essential for salvation. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this is it's even deeper than that. John 17 verse 3 says, this is life eternal, Amen. that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Amen. And in the book of Hosea 4 verse 6, God says this my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge now when he says that what he's saying is this my people are being destroyed not because they don't have biblical truths in their minds or they don't have scripture memorized or or they can't tell different facts about the bible but he's talking about they don't know me and honestly the bible is like a love letter from god to myself and it's the only way, if I'm going to get eternal life through knowing God, then how am I going to get that except that I allow God mm. to speak to me through his mm. word? And so it's just something as simple as that. It allows me to know my God and my Savior. And this is not something that we should apply today in the modern world only. We see it in the Bible. There are examples of people that spend time with God and in nature and all of that. For example, when, when, when Rebecca was chosen to be uh, wife, uh, the wife of um, Isaac, right? Um, we see Abraham really worried about finding the right wife for him because of the mission that God had for him. When mm -hmm. Rebecca was approaching uh, the area of Abraham, they found Isaac somewhere. And the Bible says in Genesis uh, chapter 24, verse, uh, verse uh, 63, in fact, I'm going to read it, uh, Genesis 24, verse, verse 63, this is what it has to say about Isaac and actually, I think, let me, let me find it right here, right quick. Just a second. Go ahead, man. Yes, because I want to read it. It, it. It's a simple principle, but it shows us that this is no new thing that we're trying to bring into Christianity today as a burden. This is communion. This is spending time with somebody you love. And watch what it says about, about Isaac. 24, Genesis 24, verse 63. Okay, I'm going to read it right quick. Genesis 24, Genesis 24, verse 63 says, And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. 
So it's quite interesting that we, you know, we look at this story, how beautiful the arrival of the wife of Isaac was. But not only from that standpoint, this story has a lot of lesson, but Isaac was on the field for a reason. Mm. He was there to meditate, and this was not morning time either. He was meditating in the evening. So this man was spending time with God, not only in the mornings, but also in the evenings. Right. So, so we see this in, 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 like practically lived out in the lives of those that lived long ago. And, you know, man, I don't want to backtrack, but I want to, I want to try to add on. Because the root of the problem that, we, that we, we've um, discussed, the root of the problem as to why uh, Christians, and I, forgot to, I probably forgot to mention, but why Christian, Christianity doesn't have any power, doesn't have, um, you, know, you know, any food in their system to go mm -hmm. about the battle and fight the devil and mm -hmm. fight the enemy and win and have conquered. It's because they don't know God, as Mark Kennedy said. Like, they don't want to spend time with God. But you shared how Jacob was meditating in the evening time. Isaac. I mean, Isaac, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. And mm -hmm. Isaac was meditating in the evening time. And that just shows his, like, dedication. And I know a lot of uh, Christians who are dedicated, but... And it's not that I'm judging them, but... Um, the way they want to spend time with God is everything but his word. I remember I was attending a university um, in Alabama one time, and it was uh, a church service. And one person said to me, I spend time with God through the music. And, you know, God created music for us to enjoyment and mm -hmm. also to help in our relationship mm -hmm. with him. Um, but she says, I don't like the sermons. It puts me to sleep. Mm -hmm. So I just leave the church. So... Is it only through God's word we can spend time with them? Is that the only way you can eat? Well, here, let's make it practical. Imagine you just got married and all your wife does is sing to you. Would that minister to your need, to your social need? I would say to me it wouldn't. So obviously, uh, singing is a beautiful thing. Music has powerful message there is no doubt about that when the people of Israel uh, would travel they would sing we see that through the Bible Genesis 15 there is a song of victory all this it praises God your communion with God is true mm -hmm. it's not through the word of God alone but there is something about communication word for word discussion I'm saying you're saying something back with communicating okay so so it, it, it has to go beyond it has to go beyond music, beyond nature, uh, and here is what I here's what I see in this. When David was in uh, was this uh, I don't remember the story exactly what it is, but in the book of Psalms the story is when David was with the people when the people of Israel was in captivity. Let me put it that way. Uh, there was a time that everybody hanged their instruments. They hung their instruments on trees or whatever the uh, the thing was, and. Somebody is, proceed, is proceeding to ask, why are they not playing? But then in his mind, he is thinking, no, this is a time of deep thinking. This is a right. time of reasoning. We are in captivity. There's no song of joy right now. You know, we're thinking about this issue that is actually overspreading our people and our nation. Mm. Therefore, we need more than uh, administration of... Uh, of um, emotional, let me, let me put it this way, we need more than an emotional message that comes, mi music can, can really minister to our emotion, it can still, uh, emotional side, it can still administer to our um, 
mental and, 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 and reason, reason yeah. but not as much as the word of God can. Because right, right. this is pure knowledge and it, 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 it's pure black and white as far as what is true, mm-hmm. what is not true. Therefore, it needs to go beyond just simply music in order to commune with God. But literally, we can commune with God also through music as seen through different chapters in the Bible. And I just gave an example of Genesis chapter 15. And, and you know, um, Mark, you got something to add? Yeah, but go ahead, go ahead, oh, go ahead. No, nah, and you know, um, when I search the scriptures, I see nothing because music is very important, but I see nothing in the scriptures that says that music is what guides the way you think the way you reason because in psalms uh, 119 verse 105 it says thy word is a lamp unto my feet mm-hmm. and a light unto my mm-hmm. path you know mm-hmm. back in those days and even still now we have street lights that mm-hmm. is our guiding our headlights mm-hmm. in a car flashlights or cell phone mm-hmm. but back then they had lamps and that light because the lamp is what provides the light mm-hmm. so david alluded that the word of god is that lamp Mm-hmm. and light to his path so he knows where he's going so he knows how to direct his life Mark, you were going to say something Go ahead. yeah you know so the whole question is 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 there an other avenue outside of the word of god where we can know god right 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 well i'll say it this way yes but with certain provisions and precautions if those other avenues lead you back to his word. And I think one of the best examples, honestly, outside of the Bible is creation. It's looking at mm. creation. And Psalms chapter 19, verse 1, it says this, the heavens declare the glory of God. Now, there's a parallel verse that connects that same thing. If we go to Psalms 97, verse 6, and it says this, Psalms 97 verse 6 says the heavens declare his righteousness and all the people see his glory. You know, so when we study creation, when we look at creation, if we're rightly understanding it, it draws us closer to God. And there's a reason why, for example, when we go to Genesis chapter 15 verse 5, God tells Abraham to look up because before that he was telling Abraham, you know, you're going to have a, a, a seed coming from your own body and the body of your wife, Sarah, even though he was old and his wife was barren, he couldn't believe it. But it was when he was able to look up and see the stars that brought him back to creation, to Genesis word, which brings you back to the fact that God created the heavens and the earth by what by his word and this is very important because there are people in some locations that cannot have access to the word of god and we know the gospel has to go and be preached to every nation kindred tongue and people so if somebody is without access to the to the word of god what is a great way for them to learn about god himself it's through creation Amen. you know you look Amen. at the fact that the son reminds us of Malachi chapter 4 that Jesus Christ is a son of righteousness mm-hmm. you know and there are so many other elements that we see you know uh, the trees and the grass and all of these things and I want to make one last point one last point Romans chapter 1 makes a statement about atheists or infidels or unbelievers seeing God's glory 
through nature. And I just want to read it real quickly. Verses go 20. Ahead, go ahead. No, take your time. Verse 20 and verse 21. Yeah. Romans chapter 1, 20 and 21 says this. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And so verse 20 lets us know that even if you don't have the word of God, you're without excuse because creation Points reveals to God, to God and, mm. and reveals his glory. And that can lead us to the word of God. And that's so powerful Man. because, you know, Jesus, when he taught, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. But even though he was the way, the truth and the life, he used nature through parables and also object lessons. He used nature as a powerful object lesson, his creation, so others can be pointed back to him. Devon, go ahead. This, this, uh, I, I, I love, I love the direction we're heading. This is powerful. Um, a lot of people have this question. It's a legit question. Like, 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 can I just commune with God outside of the Bible? And um, there is no safety in something that does not direct the word of God. That is period. And here is what we see the purpose of these things, as, as Mark Candy just mentioned, is to point to God. If they don't point to God, then what is, uh, what is the purpose of the thing? And we see in Joel chapter 2, for example, uh, the people of Israel used to use trumpet, which in a sense uh, is also used for music, but here it doesn't necessarily have to be music as we look at it today. It could just be simple sounds. However, music is composed of different sounds, so you can look at it that way. But Verse 15, in Joel chapter 2, verse 15, says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. So this is, this is a, a component of music, okay? So what is the purpose? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. And then what does it say afterward? Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the, other, the elders, gather, gather the children and those that suck the breasts, let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Verse 17, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. In other words, not only the music is being used, uh, the music is not being used alone, but the music is used with a purpose and in combination with the word. When the music gathers the people, the priests are there to say something. And the priest only based their ideas or their message upon the word of God. And in fact, here they're not even speaking directly to men. They're speaking to God. There is this time of prayer after the music is used to bring the people together to call an assembly. Verse 18 says, Then will the Lord uh, be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the last verse I'm going to read here. The Lord will answer and say. The word of God again is uh, placed forward unto his people. Behold, I will send you corn. And then the Lord replied with promises. So the music might play a big role in, in calling an assembly. And when the assembly is called, the core purpose is to communicate with God through prayer and to listen to God through his word. 
That is the purpose of calling an assembly and coming together more than anything else. It's to commune with God. It's right. not just to enjoy music for no reason, but music was used here solely for calling the people together and for worship. To get you in that right mindset, man, that's, that's so powerful. Nature, music are all things, all tools used to help commune with God uh, more. Mark, can you have something? Yeah, you know, I wanted to go back to your point that you mentioned and try to tie this all together. Um, well, you mentioned that you were, you were sharing those statistics about, I don't remember the exact amount, but a large portion of Christians aren't really praying. They're not really studying the word of God like they should be. And there was a statement that I remember hearing in the past before where, where the person was saying something to the effect of that, um, you know, if we neglect prayer and the searching of the scriptures, that we will be a overcome by Satan's attacks. And because he recognizes that he needs to separate us from the Bible and from prayer, that he's going to cause all types of inventions, all cause types of devices to distract the mind. And I think one of the issues that we're having in today's time period right now is the fact that we're distracted. You know, so tell yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. So, um, say, say what you were going to say. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, things like television, entertainment, sports, even work, all of these things have distracted the mind to where, you know, and even music, as we're mentioning as well, mm -hmm. you know, even, you know, yeah, music, they've all distracted the mind. And, you know, we've called, we've been super entertained and mm -hmm. with all these live, you know, high action movies and, you know, um, dramatic music and all of these things that they've lost our taste to reading the simple word of God, you know, and so all of these distractions have caused us, you know, we, we, we don't take time, like it says in Psalms 46, verse 10, to be still and know that I am God. And a lot of people, they don't like silence. So, so that's so true. So let's get to the point of all of all of this because yes. we've, we've, t we've talked about the problem and we we've got go yeah let's let's go real quick the <laughs> yes. solution and, and we're running out of time here um so yeah let's let's go to the point to the solution um you know second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profit profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction and in righteousness that the man of god may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works but in uh 2021 like mark handy said so many people are distracted and it's like their ears are deaf and their eyes are blind and they can't see and they they're just not interested really like like mark handy said they're not interested into the word of god and um you guys weren't here for the last episode the first episode we mm -hmm. did but um me and uh, Maboshe, we were talking about how the love of God is attractive and how it can win others to spending time with God. Um, but like, give us some tips, give us some points on, on solution on how we can get Christians, whether young, older, just anybody, to want to spend time in some bread. Um, to me, I see something here that we can definitely deal with uh, as far as our, 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 our life of communion with God goes. Nobody lose interest for no reason. There is a reason why we lose interest on something. I'm again, go back to our relationship thing. You know, uh, a, a guy would get into a relationship with a girl that uh, brought a lot of joy to his life and he talks about it to everybody. He wants to spend as much time as he can with her. And all of a sudden, he don't want to do none of those things anymore. Why? 
loss of interest. Mm. And you go to that person, you ask, did you just slept, you slept one day and you woke up in the morning and you just lost that interest like that? No. no. There is a reason why we lose interest. Maybe that person betrayed you. Maybe that person did not fulfill its prom- his promises. Maybe something got to be there. So when our view of God is not right, that lose, it lessens the interest to spend time with him and to commune with him. And now those are things that we need to pay attention to. What is making the view of God in my mind to be lessened, to be, to be, to be brought low? And here are two, are two stories. I'm not going to go into the story verse by verse, but I'm going to uh, point you to, to these stories that I believe really shows us a great deal as in the sense of solution to this problem. Because it is a problem. You don't communicate. You don't communicate with God. You lose connection with God. You lose connection with God. You lose power to overcome sin, and you lose power to overcome sin. Then that is it. Uh, you're not gonna be able to find victory over any besetment, any problem in your life, and no victory. That's it. You you lose your eternal life. So it is a big issue. So now uh, Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, verse 21 and 22 says, Jesus said unto him, talking about this young man that is recognized as a rich young ruler. And this is quite interesting because it can go to young people directly because this was a young person. If thou wilt per- will be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor. And you shall have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Now verse 22 says, But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. For he had a great position. The first story, this is what Jesus required of, the, of this young man. The young man wants to follow Jesus. And Jesus wants to work in his heart. And what did Jesus ask him to do? Sell what you have, all the treasure that you have, temporal things, physical things, and give it to the poor. That's an act that completely in the spiritual realm. You know, develop your compassion in just exercising it. Obviously, you cannot do it in your own. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us in, 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 in all the processes of developing any character trait right. that resembles Jesus Christ. But then Jesus did that to him. And just hearing what Jesus requested before he had to follow Jesus, he went away. He went away sorrowful. Why? Because he had great possession, which tells me, as, psycho- as psychology tells, when you normally receive something that Jesus proposing like that, the mind waits the matter. Which one is greater? Apparently, he sought Jesus as less than his possession. But then we have another story. I'm not going to go into this one. I'm not read, reading verses like the other one. But this is Matthew chapter 13, where the man that found a field, you can read this on your own, Matthew 13, 43 to 46. Right. He found a field that had a great treasure. And the Bible says that for the joy that he had when he found that pearl, he went and sold all he had and he bought the field because of the pearl. The pearl caused joy in his heart, and joy led him to sell what he had and accumulate the money that he needed, and then he bought that field. So the reason many people don't, fa- uh, don't, don't follow Jesus by giving up certain things of this world, temporal stuff, and, and spend time with him, take that time from somewhere else, is because they have not come to a point to feel the joy that it uh, that comes through communion with God is because they have not come to a point to have that value, uh, to see value in Jesus. The man saw value in the field with pearls, that he sold everything he had. If we see value in Jesus, then that will lead us to sell anything, you know, quote unquote, but to give anything, to invest anything, and in spending time with him morning and evening. Mm. What can be? 
Amen. I loved everything that Davon just said. And to this question, I want to start off with a quick illustration that I've heard. So it's a very powerful story, but it is simple, but it illustrates the point. And then I'll go directly into the solution. So I heard the story of a bird and a fox. So now this bird is in a tree. Then you have this fox that is on the ground. And of course, you know, the bird is wanting to feed itself with worms. And the fox is wanting to eat that bird. And the fox is wanting to eat the bird. The bird is wanting to eat the worm. And so what he's doing is, you know, let, let me figure out a way to get the bird his worm and at the same time kill it and so he, he's like hey you know hey bird can you do a favor for me now obviously this is just an illustration birds and foxes don't speak but let's see the illustration and the lesson in it he tells the bird hey you know let's work together you know if I if you just give me pluck off one of your feathers you know I'll just bring a handful of um of worms for you and you just come down and you get it you know I'll, I'll go away across the hill you know so so you won't be afraid of me you you just come down pluck off a a, um, a feather put it down you get your worm and when you go back up I'll get it and so after a while of thinking about it the bird agrees and so he comes down plucks off a feather gets the worm looks around and he climbs back up into the tree and this happens day after day after day. Now, eventually, after the bird is, keeps on plucking off a feather, eventually he has a few feathers left. And he comes down to the tree. He plucks off a feather, you know, and he goes down to get the worm. And he looks around and he starts to go away. And then the fox decides, let me go get him. And the fox runs after the bird. Now the bird can't fly. And so the bird is eaten of the fox. Now let's apply it to our time. The, the fox is the devil. We are the bird. The worm is the word of God. The feathers, I like to liken it to just the trials of life. You know, we pluck off a feather and we go through all these different trials in, of life and we're being attacked by the enemy, you know, whether it's we're busy with work, you know, parents with when it comes to the children, students, when it comes to classwork. And so, you know, we maybe just eat a little bit of the word every once in a while or we don't eat it all. And we take off our feather and we allow we make compromises with the devil, you know, and eventually the devil comes in and eats us. And that's a lesson for us because this thing can happen even as we're working for God and I want to end with this story Luke chapter 10 38 to 41 is a story of Martha and Mary Mary Martha is busy doing God's work and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha is mad at Mary and she's like Jesus do something you know because Mary should be over here helping me but Jesus Christ says this, and I'll end with this, and, and, I'll say, and I'll say a very important point. He says this in verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are uh, careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, 
and Mary chose that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And so this is a lesson for us. Even though we have so much things going on in our lives, we must make the decision, I will study the word of God. And, you know, and I'll just apply it with young people in particular. You know, a lot of young people, they just don't have that love for God there yet. They don't really love Jesus Christ yet, and they don't really love the word of God yet. But you know something, myself personally, I didn't, I didn't used to like reading the Bible, but I knew I had to do it. And I had to make it a decision to do that and let God bring the feelings afterward. Psalms 34 verse 8 says this. No matter of fact, let me read 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 to, 2 to 3, it says this. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Psalm 34 verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. I remember when I was younger, and at the time I wasn't a believer, um, but I remember, you know, going to a church service and there was this one speaker. He said something that stuck with me. He said, why don't you just try him? Try Jesus. That always stuck with me. And years later, I decided to try Jesus. It's been the best decision I've ever made. And so if there's anyone out there struggling to read the word of God, struggling to have a devotional life, struggling with prayer, you know, I myself, I struggle at times with prayer, but I've made a decision to do it anyway. If you would just take God at his word and just study it, Perhaps you don't necessarily have to study a whole chapter, whatever it may be. Start with the Gospels, you know. You just start studying the Word of God. And as you do that, eventually over time, before you know it, your love for Jesus Christ will grow. Your desire for the Word of God will grow. And you will see and you will taste and see that He is indeed good. You know, so that's my admonition. Just just do it. Simple as that. Amen, amen. You will never change you will never change your life until you change something you do daily and you should always start by diving into the word of god Amen. so these three things these three little steps are three little tips i want to uh, encourage each and every single person i just want to expound not expound but to remind of what davon and uh, markenny has already said communicate with god daily and if you don't have the desire to communicate with God daily, man, you better ask God. James 4, 2 says you have not because you ask not. Amen. So ask God for that desire. Amen. He is really willing to give it to you. Amen. If, if, he, if, our, if our father and mother are willing to give good good gifts, how much more is our heavenly father willing to give good gifts to them the mass? And, and especially the Holy Spirit, because that's what Jesus was implying in that verse. And also get rid of your distractions. Uh, just like the young rich ruler, he wasn't willing to get rid of his distractions because that's what it was. His riches was distracting him from what he really wanted, mm -hmm. eternal life. It's not that he didn't want Jesus. It's that he was distracted by all these things and that he prioritized the distractions more than the priority of Jesus in eternal mm -hmm. life. So get rid of your distractions. If you are distracted, man, toss them because they're not worth eternal life. And the last thing, the last thing I want to encourage is to remember your first love. Remember why you became a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, uh, man, we could talk later about 
the love of Christ even more. All right, go back to our first episode where we talked about the love of Jesus because the love of Jesus is what's constrained you. And also Jesus himself encouraged in Revelation chapter two, verse four, it says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou has left thy first love. And he encourages later on in the next verse, it says, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first work. Jesus wants us to repent. He wants us to remember our first love. It's not works that saves us, but it's by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. So, with that, I want you guys to remember those three things. Communicate with God daily, get rid of your distractions, and remember your first love. And I thank you guys for Amen. listening to To The Point. I thank my guests for being here, Davon, Markendi. Amen. It was a pleasure. Amen. Thank you for having us. It was a, a rich pleasure. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening to To The Point. I hope you were blessed by a deep dive of God's word. And I hope you will join us next time to hear more practical godliness.